0: I wonder how long Mary's journey was between the gate of the temple and the altar of sacrifice. She and Joseph, and perhaps a good number of their extended family, we really don't know, had traveled, presumably from Bethlehem, after having traveled for the census and given birth, and waiting the 40 days required for purification after childbirth. Now they are going up to Jerusalem to present Jesus at the temple before going home to Nazareth. We don't know exactly what the ritual they performed entailed, but the requirement to redeem a firstborn son Came after the Israelites' exodus from Egypt as a sign of God's deliverance and a reminder that all first fruits belong to God. Mary and Joseph are coming to publicly recognize that their son is dedicated to the Lord. They'd walked probably for a few hours that morning. Slowly, I imagine, as Mary was still recovering without the pain medication or ice packs that I relied on those first weeks postpartum. I see their dusty feet, and I imagine Mary having wrapped Jesus securely on her chest, leaning down every so often to kiss his soft, fuzzy hair or smell his newborn head. Did she feel his soft breathing and the quiet flutter of his heartbeat against the pounding of her own heart as they approached the temple gate. However long that morning's journey had taken, I imagine it was there, stepping into the courtyard, walking those last measured paces to present her son to the Lord That time seemed to stretch and collapse. Those few hundred feet seeming like they would take an eternity to cross. And yet, suddenly arriving at the altar of sacrifice all too soon, no time left to prepare for this moment. Was she beaming with joy? at the chance to share this divine gift with the world? Or was she shaking in recognition of the enormity of what she was called to do? I imagine her emotions were mixed and overwhelming. When Simeon came over to them, Was Mary tempted to cling more tightly, not to let Simeon hold Jesus? And Joseph, having walked every step of this long journey by Mary's side, I imagine tears brimming in his eyes, as he sees them streaming silently down her face. Was he tempted not to come at all, to hide this child away, protect him in secret? As the busy life of the temple continues to swirl around them, the other sacrifices, the children running by, the voices of prayers and chanting and people calling to one another across the courtyard, I imagine Simeon walking unwaveringly right toward them. Somehow, he'd woken up that morning with a nagging sense of needing to be at the temple that day, more so than usual. He'd had life-altering encounters with the Holy Spirit before, so he leaned in to that gut feeling. And now, as he sees Mary and Joseph making their way forward everything else around him falls away. I can see his eyes. They are bright and warm. They radiate kindness. But there is something else behind them. The gravity and sorrow of seeing the fulfillment of a promise face to face and knowing that this child will bring deliverance only through great pain. Still, a deep peace envelops him, settling down into his bones. Was Simeon tempted to ask for more time, to try to bargain not just to meet the baby, but to get to live long enough to see the salvation of his people. And of course, there is Anna, named by the gospel writer as a prophet. She is a fixture of the temple, there day and night, fasting and praying. I imagine People had begun not to see her anymore, to walk right past this aging widow. But this day, she suddenly becomes animated. Her quiet prayers have burst into loud praise. She's stopping people, interrupting people, to tell them to pay attention to this child. Was she tempted to ignore her call to prophecy, to stop trying to get other people to notice and to just wrap herself in the moment, basking in the baby's warm glow. Mary and Joseph, Simeon and Anna, they move past whatever fear or hesitation, or uncertainty they have to show up fully to this moment. In being all in, being truly present, they see and are seen by one another. Whatever Mary sees in Simeon, she opens herself fully to the encounter. Before he says a word, she places her precious child in his arms. And she receives from him both blessing and truth that go deep to her core. Whatever Simeon sees in Jesus, and in his parents as they bring him forward, he is so open to God's presence that he recognizes the Messiah in this infant who cannot speak, who cannot do anything to make himself known. Simeon receives peace, an assurance of salvation, and the absolute knowledge that what God promises, God is bringing to fulfillment. As they step fully into this encounter, so they are fully known. Much like we come to this table to receive Christ and are received by him. The body both recognizes and presents God in our midst. You all live this out every day. I get to stand at that back door sometimes at the end of services and hear from so many of you, the ways that you are open to God showing up, present in the midst of longing and pain, hope and joy. In moments of recognizing that our children are not our own. In the sacrifices made for those we love, In waiting years, sometimes generations, to see how God will make a way forward, to see God's promises fulfilled. In a moment of clarity about the work God is doing in the places where we live, in our many blessings that are almost always laced through with some kind of fear or grief. I watch as people are received into this community, received fully and without reservation, whether they are here for many years or for a single Sunday. People step through the doors here, gingerly, tenderly holding that which is most dear to them, not yet sure whether they will be able to let go, to let you hold the life they carry. As they move forward, this body sees the light of Christ and meets them with open arms. I have heard stories from you of being seen and known, held for decades among the people of this place. I listened once to a couple from Sweden passing through Berkeley just for the week. They didn't understand all the words of our liturgy, they stood right back there in tears, telling me how they had experienced the Holy Spirit resting among you. As in Mary's recognition of Simeon and Simeon's recognition of the Christ, so much is known even without words among those open to what God is doing. In the act of being fully present to all who show up, you open for one another all manner of blessing and truth. I know this to be true because I have lived this moment with you over the past five years. I imagine Mary's trembling steps forward because they are my own. I imagine the depths of Simeon's joy at the awareness of God undeniably present because it, too, is my own. You all have seen me, and blessed me, and taught me the profound truth that carrying Jesus the Christ into the world necessarily comes with soul-piercing heartache. And you've taught me that it is worth it. That God's salvation is glorious. That we ought to be bursting into praise and telling everyone who will listen about the goodness of Christ's redeeming love. This community is all in. Open to the work God is doing the promises still unfolding. It is tempting sometimes to cling tightly to what we love, to avoid potentially painful situations, to reach for just a little bit more, or to turn inward Shielding ourselves from a world that will often ignore or reject a word of hope. But when Mary hands over the Christ child, when Joseph shows up at the temple, when Simeon rests in the promise, when Anna announces God's redemption, They become part of the story of what God is doing in the world. When we dare to show up, to be fully present, we run the risk of being seen and known, of having our hearts broken for the sake of God's people. And when we're all in, we can recognize Jesus in our midst. We can hear truth about our lives. We can receive a blessing and go in peace as God has promised.